Good morning and welcome to Mina Mentors, the weekly podcast that shapes entrepreneurs in the Mina region. The podcast will be hosted by Sasha Christie and Luka Stanejovic. Hi everybody, welcome to Mina Mentors and uh, today we're going to be talking about the concrete steps you should be taking when you decide to open your business. So I mean, last time we gave a little bit of general advice, more as an introduction. You know, a lot of people come to us and they want to start their business. They have an idea, but they just don't know what steps to take. They don't know what type of company to open. They don't know which documents they're going to need. They have no idea how much it's going to cost. And while the resources are out there, it's sometimes quite hard to find everything sort of condensed in one place. And there's a lot of conflicting information. So our goal today is just to clear these things up. And while we might not be able to give all the information you need, and you might still need a bit of help getting things started, at least it'll give you a really good place to like a really good reference point, And just it'll give you a decent idea of what to expect further down the line. So I guess the first thing is the whole free zone and mainline company thing. So I'm joined here by Sasha, once again, and uh, maybe you want to tell something about this. Good morning, everyone. And thank you for listening to this podcast again. When it comes to opening your company in Dubai or in UAE in general, there are three different ways to open your company. The first one is opening a free zone company, an LLC, or an offshore company. It mainly depends on the industry you're in and the product or services that you're trying to sell. And depending on this, you will have to select the proper business setup. All of them have their own advantages and disadvantages. For example, the main advantage of a free zone is the fact that you own 100% of your company. You don't need to rely on any local partner. The disadvantage is that usually by law, you can only do business with companies that are within the same free zone. You cannot be dealing with other companies in Dubai. You can be dealing with other companies on an international scale, but your market in Dubai should be restricted to the free zone you are in. The second business setup would be an LLC. The problem with an LLC is that you only own 49% of your company. Okay, 51% of your company has to be given to a local partner. The advantage is that this local partner has zero decision-making and he doesn't get any profit that your company is making. The only reason why you have this 51% ownership that is given to a local partner is in case you're doing anything illegal in the country or you're doing anything unethical in this country, the local partner has the option or the choice to shut down your company. And that's how UAE is trying to protect businesses here by appointing a local partner that owns 51% of your company. The advantage is that since it's an LLC, your liability towards your business is limited. The last one being an offshore company. An offshore company is true if you're trying to open a company in Dubai without having to pay any kind of taxes. However, you cannot do business in Dubai at all if you're an international company and you want to open an offshore company in in, in Dubai for, for certain transactions or for certain services. There is no taxes involved with an offshore company. So three different types of opening a company in Dubai. All of them have their different advantages, different disadvantages, but it mainly depends on the business you're in and the industry that you're trying to target. So that would be my take on this, Luca. I think it's also important to note that if you're opening in a free zone, each free zone almost kind of specializes in a way. So not all free zones 
will let you open a company in any industry. So, I don't know, for example, the media in, in Media City, for example, you have more media oriented companies. And then what's the one in the, the airport one? Dubai Airport yeah. Free Zone is mainly um, for logistic companies. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, depending on, you know, what your business does, you might have to pick, you might be restricted to a certain free zone. And this will also limit you in terms of where you can locate your office, for example, because we're a part of DMCC, for example, so we have to operate like here in JLT. Same thing, depending on what, what your company does, you're restricted to a free zone. You're, you have to operate in their like locate, physical location as well, because technically the free zone is your sponsor for this business, even though they don't take any ownership. The advantage of the mainline company is that you can kind of do any business anywhere, but and that you know if you open an LLC, your liability is limited to your investment. But yeah, you kind of have to uh, to split ownership there. So some people aren't too comfortable with that. I guess it really just entirely depends on the business owners. So for example, if we relate it to to our company Emirates Graphic, when when we decided to open a company in a free zone, knowing that there are more than forty five free zones in UAE only, we had to decide first of all which free zone accepts our kind of activities, our kind of activities being website development, mobile application development, advertising in general. So we came to realize that DMCC was one of them, Media City was one of them, Silicon Oasis was one of them. There were a few free zones that were accepting our kind of activities, and we decided to go with DMCC, being located in Jumeirah Lake Towers, which is a community of more than 60 commercial buildings. So we, we, we decided that this would be the best place to locate our company because when you do open a free zone company, you also need to have your offices there. You cannot have a, a DMCC company and have your office in, 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 in Jebel Ali, for example. It doesn't work. Uh, so we decided to open the company with DMCC and have our offices here. I think for entrepreneurs starting out, uh, I think the most important thing to look at really is whether you can fund a free zone company because I mean a lot of people want to open a free zone just because they like the idea of full ownership they want to be sort of located in these free zone community style areas like what you mentioned but I mean the important thing is that it's important to note that prices for these free zone licenses have uh, increased like eight times over the past 10 years or something like that and each time every single year I mean I know that when we were new like every year the license becomes more and more expensive and at this point it's really hard I feel for somebody who might just be starting out Unless you have some sort of capital saved up or you have somebody backing you, it might actually be quite hard to open a company in a free zone directly. What do you think? And the problem is that you don't only pay for the license itself, you also pay for the different activities that are attached to your license. Let me give you an example. When we want to open a marketing agency or a digital agency, there is a price to get the trade license. But then you also have to pay a specific price to attach any specific activities to that trade license. For example, one of our services is building website. That's one activity, and you pay 5000 extra for that. Another activity is developing mobile application. Here you go, extra activity. So for any businesses, depending of, on the services you provide or the different categories of products that you sell, you end up having to pay for a trade license plus a certain number of activities that needs to be attached to it. So when you start up, it's really expensive to be in a free zone like DMCC. Don't get me wrong. The amount of opportunities that DMCC offers when it comes to the community is outstanding. And I would highly recommend it. But it is very expensive. So there are also other ways that can facilitate opening a company in Dubai. I know a lot of people, they don't necessarily need an office as an initial stage. They can be working from home. 
And in that case, they open up a freeze-on company in Hazel Kema or in Umar Kuwain or in Sharjah where the price for a trade license is cheaper. And in case they don't need an office right now, there's no point of having the trade license in an expensive free zone. And on top of that, there are also so many co-working spaces out there in case you still need an office to work from. That's interesting, the co-working spaces. So I think we have Astrolabs here, right? which kind of gives this co-working space for, for small companies to just have like a little... It's not huge. Like you can't, you know, you can't get like 15 people there. But if you're a startup, let's say, particularly, I think Astrolab deals with tech startups. If you have your little tech startup and you want to get going and you want to find an environment that's kind of nurturing to this business model, you'll meet people who work on similar projects. You can, uh, you can network, give each other ideas, maybe even find partners down the line. I think it's definitely something to consider, maybe opening in one of these sort of co-working spaces. What do you think? I mean, I think you, you know a bit more about those, don't you? No, and Astrolabs uh, in particular, what they do, which is amazing in my opinion, is that on top of providing you with a working space, they also provide you installment when it comes to paying the trade license. Because when you start up, the trade license fee is really expensive. We're talking about 30,000 dirham minimum. And most startups cannot be paying 30,000 dirham upfront. So what Astrolab does, on, on top of giving you access to their co-working space, which allows you to meet all these inspirational entrepreneurs and, and also helps you form some kind of strategic partnerships, they also allow you to have these uh, installment in place so that you can pay back for the trade license on a monthly basis. So that as a startup, if you know that as a cost now, the only thing I have to pay is three, 4,000 dirhams a month over a period of, of, of 12 months now, which will include the co-working space plus the trade license itself, it starts making sense as a startup. So definitely these kind of co-working space and Astrolab is just one of them. There's so many out there. It's something that I would strongly recommend as well. So once somebody decides to open their company, I mean, what's the procedure? I guess the first thing they have to do is decide on a name for their company and a trade name, really, right? Because, I mean, we don't even, our trade name isn't even Emirates Graphics. So it's, it gets a little complicated sometimes. Some terms are limited, some... Your name has to be representative of what your business does. There's some limits on the trade name, but you don't necessarily have to operate under that exact name. It can be something close to it, right? That's a good point you raised, because, for example, in our case, our operational name is Emirates Graphic, but our legal name on the trade license is eGraphic DMCC. Why? Because Emirates, being one name that is trademarked in the UAE, cannot be used on the legal name of a company. When you open your company, you can always make your suggestion of what names you want your company to be called, but most of the time, these names won't be available. Why? Because it's not like in Europe or in or, or in US, where even if you have two companies with the same name, it's fine. UAE doesn't allow that. You cannot have two companies with the exact same name, so you can be making your suggestion of what name you want your company to be called, but you will always end up with something completely different. And this is also the case with most of the clients we, we work with. They have an operational name and then a complete different name on the trade license. But it's fine because UAE allows that. You can have an actual legal name and a complete different name that you will operate with. I'm sure people notice this as well. Like when you pay by card at restaurants, for example, and you look at your credit card statements and you have you know places that you never recognize their names on your credit card statements, but then you realize that, oh, it's like that restaurant I went to, but it's owned by some other company, you know, and they own like four more restaurants and all of them are registered under that one name and that's what appears on my statement. So it's pretty much the same thing here, really. Once you pick your name, you, you'll have to pay a lot of fees. You will have to pay at every step of the way and... So the name fee should be something like, I don't know, I think 600, around 600 dirhams. 
and uh, you know, they, like you'll register your name, they'll hold it for you, you'll pay the fee, and uh, that's basically your first step in the system. So, can you? I mean, do you remember how it was when you started Emirates Graphic? Like, how how did you go through the system? Is it easy to go through it? Do they kind of walk you through it once you get started, or do you did you have to struggle a lot on your own to? The thing is, the whole process takes a long time. In my case, I wasn't really organized in a sense that I didn't have a business plan ready. I didn't have all my services that were clearly mentioned somewhere. So it took a while for me to establish Emirates Graphic. I would say around two to three months. The problem is that you have a lot of fees because not only you're paying for the name itself, but you're paying for a memorandum. You're paying for what they call these business plan charges. You're paying also for the trade license itself. Then you're paying an upfront fee. Then you're also paying a security deposit that you will get only once you shut down your company. So all of these are costs that you need to be aware of before you start your business. But when it comes to the actual process itself, the problem is I decided to do it myself and you know collect all the documents and show up to the MCC myself every week to deposit my document. And this is why it took two to three months, because I didn't want to pay an external agency to do so. However, there are many external agencies out there that provide this whole service at a minor fee, I would say, and they can do the whole thing within three weeks. One of our clients recently, he opened up his company, he hired one of these external agencies in the MCC that helped him with the whole process and the whole trade license, including the bank account actually was done within a month. So... If you rely on the experience of, of other agencies to help you out in case you don't have the time and the patience to do it yourself, it can be done. But it's true that there are a lot of documents that need to be provided before you can even get your application reviewed, including business plans and, and a lot of documents that, that any free zone will request before you can form your company. I guess, you know, it's definitely possible to do it yourself. If you decide you you kind of don't want to Either you don't want to trust somebody who's setting it up for you or you don't want to have that extra expense. I think it is possible to get it done a little bit faster. But once again, the issue, and this seems to be just something kind of recurring here, is that you'll show up and you'll have something required. You know, you'll they'll tell you what your what the requirements are in terms of documents and you'll come back. And But there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Like you're going to, you'll be missing something or... Honestly, I, I don't even know if we're comfortable like giving out exact document list right now because so many things have changed since we incorporated this company. But, you know, just the requirements are constantly evolving. And even people you deal with while starting your business, it might not always be the same people. They might forget to tell you something. You might not get the full picture. And there is a lot of going back and forth. It might just be easier to go with a professional agency. You know, as we mentioned, this costs, and uh, I think we should uh, we should talk a little bit about this before we wrap up. Just the cost associated with starting your business, because there's uh, so there's a lot of these fees as you get started. There's some capital requirements, and I think we should discuss a little bit about you know how how much an employee is going to cost you, and not just in salaries, but we're talking visas, we're talking insurance, all these other things, and then what to think about you know generally as the year goes on. So, do you want to walk us through a little bit? What you'll be paying when you start your business? So when you start your business, as we mentioned earlier, you need to consider all these costs, not only the costs that you will have when it comes to setting up your business and getting your trade license, but also the costs that you will have when you start employing people, when you start getting an office. Because what's happening here is if we start employing new employees, first of all, we need to pay their salaries, fine, but we need to pay insurance. We need to pay labor cards. We need to pay their visa. 
And the problem with most of these costs, for example, when we're paying the visa, there is also a deposit associated with the visa itself. So every time you employ someone and you pay all the costs for a visa, you also need to deposit between three to 5,000 dirhams as a deposit for that one particular visa. So when you have 10, 15, 20, 30 employees, there is a lot of liquidity that you're supposed to be having that you don't have. And that's something to consider. Not only that, if you want to move into an office now, most of the offices in Dubai or in, in DMCC in general, most of them have to be paid up front. It can depend. Sometimes it's using four checks. Sometimes it's using two checks. Sometimes it's using six checks. It depends. But most of the time it's between two to four. And these checks has to be given in advance. And most of the time you end up paying two, three, four months in advance for the rent of the office. So this is also something to consider because it's a capital that you could be having for your business that you don't have because it's already used to pay the office up front. Same with the bank. When you open a bank account, you need to make a deposit. Depends on the banks. You have Emirates NBD, you have Udabi Commercial Bank, whatever it is, most of them have different deposit that needs to be on the account. And this deposit is frozen most of the time. In my case, no need to mention the bank, but in my case, I had to deposit 50,000 dirhams. And this is 50,000 dirhams that is deposited in the bank itself, money that I cannot touch, money that I will finally get once I decide to close my company or once I decide to move my company outside of UAE, whatever it is. But this is also something to consider because when you're a business owner and you're going through tough times, it's annoying to know that you have this 50,000 dirhams that could really, really help you out, but you cannot touch it. And there are many, many, many other hidden fees and hidden costs that will come along the way. And these has to be, uh, they, they have to be taken into consideration because it is expensive to, to have a business in Dubai. It is also very rewarding, especially the fact that we are surrounded by amazing countries. Dubai is, is one of the business hub on an international scale. So the amount of opportunities that are in this country are limitless. However, this comes with a cost. No need to forget as well that there are certain season or certain period in Dubai where business is really, really down. For example, Ramadan, for example, summer. There are three, four to five months per year where business is down. Decision makers are traveling outside of the country and business is down. So as a business owner, you also have to make sure that you always have enough capital. You always save up enough during the good month in order to cover these downs because every companies in Dubai will be facing downs during summer. It's just the way it is. Typically, how much do you think you'll dip during summer? I mean, I think it's a good like 40 to 50% less revenue during the slower months. What do you think? It, it depends on the industry you're in. In our case, we're lucky enough because since we are in the marketing industry or digital industry, during summer, business is down. So a lot of companies come to us because they tell us business is down. We need more clients. What is it that can be done? So in our industry, there is a decrease in business, but it's not so significant. I'm pretty sure other industries, I mean, it varies depending on the industry, but especially in the retail industry, I'm pretty sure they'll be facing a 40 to 50% decrease. Right. So many people, you know, leave the country going on summer holidays and then nobody's, you know, tourism just dips because people don't want to visit when it's, you know, like 50 degrees outside. So uh, I'm sure all those sectors you know, face much higher, uh, much, a much higher impact than we do. Should we just throw out some numbers, you know, so people get an idea? So, I mean, we talked about, you know, felt like a trade license 
in a free zone will sell you back around 30,000. I mean, unless it's increased since, I'm not sure, but it's uh, it's very possible that it could go up next year. And, uh, you know, we're talking like five to 10,000 per activity that you want to add to your company, keeping in mind that if you end up operating outside of your allotted activities, you get fined and it's just not worth it in the long run. Like uh, you kind of do want to register for uh, for all the activities that you'll be doing. On top of that, how much would you say there is in like fees going along opening the company? Definitely like maybe 10,000 dirhams. To open the company? Uh, yeah, and fees along the way. Oh, along the way, extra fees, like the yeah. memorandum and uh, yeah, you're looking at eight to 10,000 dirhams approximately. Definitely. But you also need to know that you will be paying more the first year because when you renew your license, you pay on average 30% less. And then uh, office for, let's say, six months will, I think, set you back at least maybe forty to 60,000, depending on how big of an office you want. I mean, at least here in JLT, I guess it depends on the free zone as well. You'll have to leave a deposit with the bank, most likely, another 50,000-ish. And visas were, what, around 8,000? 8,000 dirhams? Depends, but six to 8,000 dirhams then you need to add the entrance on top of it, depending on the employee. If you have employees that makes less than 5,000 dirhams a month, there are certain insurance companies that you can apply for. If your employees makes more than 5,000 dirhams a month, then you know certain insurance companies that you need to go with. So this really depends. It starts from 500 dirhams a year, but it goes up to 9,000, 10,000 dirhams a year based on what employee you have and how much you pay them. Yeah, so there's the uh, the visas, the insurance, um, and then, yeah, of course, the salaries. I mean, especially if you're just starting your business out, unless you're extremely fortunate, you're probably not going to be operating at, like, full capacity to begin with. You need to establish your customer base, you know, start getting business in and everything. It's difficult for new companies, so, you know, don't expect to just start making enough to cover all these costs in the first month or two. So you definitely need to have, you need to have, like, a cushion to get you started especially if you're getting started in the slow months and your industry is one that's you know prone to this slowdown. It's really quite difficult. There you have it. So I hope that this podcast had enough useful information. So for the first two podcasts, we just wanted to focus on you know how to start a business and how does business work in the UAE. And for the future podcast, what is it that we will talk about, Luca? We have some practical guides lined up for you guys. So, you know, we'll be talking about like just practical information you can really put to use once you've got your business. You know, we'll focus mainly on the online stuff, how to how to make your websites convert or how to, uh, you know, how to get more clients online. There was also going to be some more, you know, in-depth guides about just scaling up your business in general and maybe some best practices, how to, how to deal with people here, how to deal with businesses here. So we'll just be going, you know, a lot more in depth in each topic and try to get some, some, you know, useful insight for our listeners. So that sounds really good. So if you guys have any questions or any recommendation on, on certain topics that you want us to cover in the future, make sure you reach out to us on social media, or uh, you can also directly reach out to us through our website, uh, emiratesgraphic.com.